The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. The Pharisees approached Jesus and asked, Is it lawful for a husband to divorce his wife? They were testing him. He said to them in reply, What did Moses command you? They replied, Moses permitted the husband to write a bill of divorce and dismiss her. But Jesus told them, because of the hardness of your hearts, he wrote you these commandments. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, no human being must separate. In the house, the disciples again questioned Jesus about this. He said to them, Whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. And if she divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. And people were bringing children to him that he might touch them. But the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he became indignant and said to them, Let the children come to me. Do not prevent them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as this. Amen, I say to you, whoever does not accept the kingdom of God like a child will not enter it. Then he embraced them and blessed them, placing his hands on them. The Gospel of the Lord. All the Catholic churches in the U.S. is beginning today, Respect Life Month. October is usually proclaimed as Respect Life Month. And the first weekend of October is referred to as Respect Life Sunday. And uh, we are always encouraged by the bishops of the country to speak about the great value of human life, this most precious gift of God. What does it mean to respect life? Respect life. I was reading, and I recall... Um, a story that I read uh, a few, a couple of years ago about the Hudson's family uh, who lived in Illinois. It's a huge Catholic family with eight children. And in that article that I read, they talk about Sarah, the seventh child. When Sarah was born, a couple of years ago, I mean, the, the article was written like, like a couple of years ago. A few years before it was written, 
Sarah was born, she weighed only four pounds, and she was diagnosed with, I put it here because I wouldn't even remember this, she was diagnosed with trisonomy 18 Edwards syndrome, a serious genetic disorder caused by the presence of an extra 18th chromosome. It is like a Down syndrome, but with more severe effects. Sarah's mother was saying that when she was born, her jaw did not have enough strength to nurse. And her mother had to pump breast milk around the clock and slowly give it to her with a special feeder. When the article was written, Sarah has the developmental abilities of a four-month-old, even though he was, she, was already, she was already four years old when that article was written. And they said that they will probably, she will probably never develop beyond the level of a ninth-month-old. She can talk, she couldn't stand, she can sit for long periods of time. She was so susceptible to other illnesses and requires constant attention. But her parents said that she has already beaten the odds. The doctors didn't expect her to live past one year, and she was already four years old when the article was written. Her mother was interviewed about how she raises a child like that, in addition, of course, to caring for the seven others. And uh, she said that all Sarah's siblings, all her children, have to pitch in and help out. They have to learn to be selfless. That's th those were his, her exact words. They have to learn to be selfless. Every day they see someone who needs more care than, than they do. But just reading the whole article and just the story, you can really feel that there is that sense of joy in the family. Sarah loves to laugh, and everyone shares in that. But, but one thing that caught my attention was towards the middle of the interview, Sarah's mother said that Sarah is our path to heaven. Sarah is our path to heaven. She makes us realize the great value of human life. That story came to mind as I was reflecting what Respect Lives, what Respect Life Sunday is. To respect life means to give, to give it dignity at every stage, at every stage from conception to natural death. Respect life is not just talking about what happens pre-born. It's not just what's happening in the, in the womb, but rather it encompasses the whole spectrum from conception to natural death. At every stage, in every circumstance, with all its beauty and challenges, its sacrifices and struggles, all its wonder and complexity. All its wonder and complexity. But there is also 
that emphasis on, on, on welcoming the weakest among us, the most vulnerable, those who depend on our love and care. There's a huge emphasis on that. Pope John Paul II, St. Pope John Paul II in the 90s says that to welcome the weakest, helping them on our journey is a sign of civilization. He said these persons belong in every way to the category of the poor who will inherit the kingdom of heaven. And the gospel that we just heard today reminds us of this when it says that the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who accept it as a child. In other words, it belongs to the most trusting, the most open, the most vulnerable among us. It belongs to children like Sarah from my story. But on this Respect Life Sunday, we cannot overlook ways in which our culture does not respect life and in fact dismisses it or even discards it. Pope Francis always talks about what he refers to as the throwaway culture. It happens at abortion clinics. It happens in nursing homes where the elderly and the frail are ignored. In fact, the word that was used by, in one of the articles that I read about the situation of the elderly in the U.S. is where they are warehoused. It's just very bad reference where they are aware are so often treated as burdens. It happens in school whenever children are taunted or experience bullying. It happens anywhere in the world where men and women are tortured or denied of their basic rights. Basic rights to, to, to speech, to the exercise of religion. It happens in societies where death is considered just one more freely exercised choice. It happens when there is injustice because of race. In short, we fail to respect life anytime we treat the gift of life, God's first and greatest gift, as a problem or an inconvenience or a hardship. Or junk. I was reflecting on this last night and I asked myself, it's like, what might be the root cause of this? You know, why have we gotten to this level where life can just be discarded? It just reminds me also of this, of, of this Overemphasis on the value of doing versus being. This is one thing that contributes to this kind of to this kind of mentality or ideology. You know, society at times see our value based on our capacity to do, on our productivity. The more contribution you, you, you do to, to, to the society, the more valuable you are. But also, it means that the less, the less um, 
productive you are, then your value also decreases. That is why the most vulnerable, the most vulnerable are the one that suffers the most because of this. I was talking to a priest uh, who is assigned in a rural parish in his archdiocese. And uh, he has only been ordained for five years. And I was talking with him in Messenger. And uh, he said, I'm really having a difficulty right now with my vocation. I am assigned in a very rural parish. There's only one mass. And, uh, you know, he's young. It's just five years ordained. And there's not much to, to do here. Now it's COVID. I spend more time cleaning restrooms than hearing confessions. He, he, he said, I start to question my value. I start to question why I'm even here, why I'm even doing this. He's having like a vocational crisis. So we talk a little bit, and, uh, and I didn't even tell him what I do here at St. Cecilia. <laughs> But I told him that that is where God is calling you to be, and this is a great opportunity for him just to concentrate on his being as a priest, not on the doing part. Because his value, his, the value of his priesthood does not depend on how many masses he celebrates, not on how many confessions he hears, but rather on the way he lives his ministry, his priestly life with faithfulness. That's where the value depends. Not on what's in his calendar. Those things are important too. Those things are important too. But if there are no opportunities for that, it doesn't mean that your priesthood, I said, is lesser than my priesthood. Same thing with us. Our, our value does not depend on our own contributions, though our contributions surely make a difference. But at the very heart of who we are is that we are created in God's own image and likeness. C could you imagine how life-changing this is if our culture embraced this? how we will see one another with great respect and compassion, with care and with love, because I see in you, I, we see in one another the image and likeness of Christ, not what you can do. Not our capacity to do things. And who suffers the most if this is the kind of philosophy that we pursue? Well, the most vulnerable, of course, are the unborn, but also the elderly. <laughs> the elderly. In as much as we embrace life in its totality, as we celebrate Respect Life Month, you know, from conception to natural death, you know, sometimes that I hear, but Father, why is it there is an overemphasis 
on the problem of abortion whenever we talk about Respect Life Sunday? Are we not supposed to emphasize the value of life from conception to natural death? Of course. But why there's an emphasis on abortion? Because everything begins with how we value the unborn. If we don't get it right, all the other things crumble. <laughs> all the other things crumble. If we don't get that, that stage, the initial stage right, the way we value other things, we're going to be informed by it. So that is why we have to get it right from the very beginning. We have to get it right from the very beginning. How are we respecting our own life, beginning from our very life? Do I take care of myself in such a way that I truly believe that I am a temple of the Holy Spirit, that God truly dwells in me? It's not just about also fighting for a cause, but it starts from within. It starts from the way we take care of ourselves. And from there, flows forth the way we take care of one another. In this Respect Life Sunday, in this Respect Life Sunday, we recall the reading from Genesis. When we look into the eyes of another, no matter what their circumstances, see what the first man saw when God brought new life to him. He is another one like me. Here is a life that is unique and blessed, created by the one who created us all. May we value this precious gift that God has given us because there is nothing like it. It is our participation in the very divine life of God.